0: to know what's happening it's 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 time to get in the huddle with carl dukes and brian baldinger back for another edition of in the huddle oh does your head hurt (laughs) is your head still going crazy after the nfl draft brian baldinger carl dukes put him up of course our man jason lock on four a part of this podcast as well baldy 54 million viewers before this draft. Unreal. And, you know, we're talking about a three-day extravaganza, right? And and I continue to talk about, like, this is a three-day TV show, right? Thursday is the premiere of the show. And then Friday and, and then Saturday, you know, you don't want to miss the episodes. And I kind of talked about it in that way because that's how we view our television now. It's like, oh, I got to see this show. What a show it was, Baldy. At the end of the day, as we start to talk about what happened in the NFL draft, I thought it was fun, entertaining. And then a lot of teams surprised us, didn't they? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they, they did. And, you know, the trades, you know, right away, you know, Houston taking CJ Stroud and then trading right back up to go get Will Anderson and giving up a number one pick. I mean, already people's heads were exploding because did they give up too much? Mm-hmm. You know, and what's that? And, and is Will worth it? I mean, so, you know, the debates are on. But here's what I'll say, Carl about 54 million people watching is there is, I mean, the NBA playoffs going on, NHL playoffs. I mean, there's some unbelievable games. Sixers beat the Celtics last night. I mean, without Joel Embiid, there's some amazing things. Florida Panthers knocking out, you know, beating uh, Boston Bruins and knocking them out. I mean, the, the playoffs are on and they're good. It's exciting. Nothing trumps the NFL. And I told people back in LA at the NFL Network before this started last week when I was there, I said, we honestly, Carl, could talk about the draft 24 7, 365. <laughs> like it never, ever. Died. And and, yeah. and look, whether these people are qualified to know or they're not qualified, I don't know. But like people have opinions, you know, about these players, about what they should have done. I wish, you know, Jair Brown goes to San Francisco to third round. There's 20 people from other teams going, I know we should have gotten a ball. He's, like, He's a good player. He's a takeaway <laughs> machine. Like you can't, you can't honestly stop. And then at the ultimately, You know, then you start going, okay, is there a Brock Purdy in this draft? You know, Mm. because we just saw Brock Purdy go from Mr. Irrelevant to winning eight games in a row. Is there a Max Crosby out there who's a $100 million guy that nobody talked about coming out of Eastern Michigan four years ago? So, like, it it has these tentacles and these legs that just never go away, and, and people's eyeballs are glued to it.
0: Yeah. And it's the fascination too, that the thing that amazes me, Baldy, it's you're paying attention to teams outside of your, your, you know, your realm. If if you live in a certain city and that's your squad with the draft, you find yourself watching what other teams are doing and then criticizing it. And then, you know, critiquing it. And I, I, we don't do that during the season, right? During the season, if I'm a Giants fan, I'm watching the Giants and, I care about what the Giants are doing and and who's our opponent and this is really weird in that sense right you cared about the Cowboys screwing up right you you wanted to see if somebody was going to do something stupid and then fans pay attention to that
1: it's 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 really Carl it's the ultimate reality TV show it really is because it it, it, it it's like a melodrama it just includes everybody everybody's voice needs to be heard and and everybody like you know, is either fist pumping, you know, over the pick, or they're just like ready to, you know, slam their head against the wall. I mean, it just, it draws all this emotion
0: mm.
1: out of people. And it's why we we watch. And look, Kansas City put on a great show. Um, you know, the NFL is unbelievable. Uh, the stage, the setting, you know, so it's visually, it's just unbelievable. And then you just see the emotions. You see the emotion of Will Levis not getting drafted on Thursday night and having to wait to the top of the second round. And you just see that overall – and you just see these kids, Tyree Wilson. Like, those tears are real. Like, these kids, you know, they dreamt about it their whole life, and here they are with a chance to, you know, go here, go
0: there. I mean, just – it's uh, it's 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 great reality TV. Brian uh, Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you guys. It's In the Huddle. Subscribe. Get new episodes Tuesday and Thursday. We will tell you Thursday will start to – Push forward. Okay. We're going to talk about the draft a little bit more today and some of the things like Aaron Rodgers being in New York and some of the things that we're watching. But um, I- I'm looking forward to now, Baldy, as these rosters start to, you know, shake out and we can get back to talking about what these teams are really going to look like. And then before we know it, guys, I know it sounds crazy. We'll be in OTAs and camp and then it's mm-hmm. go time again. Baldy, let me ask you um, Were there any clear winners? in this draft, for you, when you talk about whether it was a team or a player, we talk about winning, like a guy going to the right situation, or a team that just simply crushed it?
1: Well, I think there's quite a group of teams, I think, that have done well. I mean, we saw Seattle last year crush the draft, and we know that they crushed it by the performance of the rookies, you know, during the season, whether it's Charles Cross and Abe Lucas starting at the tackle positions, day one, two rookies, Trip. Out there, starting with the rookie running back and a team making the playoffs, playing Pete Carroll kind of football, and so you look at Seattle. And I'm not saying they're the best at it, but you know, you go and get arguably the best corner with the fifth pick and arguably the best wide receiver with their twentieth pick, mm-hmm. Jackson Smith and Jigba David Witherspoon. You you look and you go, okay, here's a team that was in the playoffs that might have gotten the best corner and maybe the best receiver, and then you go, all right, Derek Hall at Auburn, he's got all the traits to be an elite pass rusher. no, whether it becomes one or not, he's got the traits necessary to be one. He shows up. And then you go Zach Charbonnet, okay. You want to back up to your, your rookie running back last year? I mean, he averaged seven yards a carry at UCLA this year. You know, he started at Michigan as a freshman. Like, the guy can run the football. He, he, he can catch the football. He's a good football player. And you just keep going. And you go, okay, Anthony Bradford from LSU. Could he go in there and step in at guard for, for the Seattle? Yeah, he could do that. And you just keep going and you go, well, wow, John Schneider is, is pretty sharp, you know. And um, so you, you go, you know, Seattle did a lot, you know. And I could say the Pittsburgh Steelers, the first draft for Omar Khan and, and Andy Weidel. And you go, I remember talking to those guys and just without giving any information away. They, they had debates over – Broderick Jones or Joey Porter Jr. Like you know, what do you do at seventeen? If if Broderick is there and you want the tackle, but Joey Porter Jr. is there and you want the corner, what's that? That's a debate. I, I'm, I'm like a, a normal debate, right? Seventeenth pick in the draft. What do we do? They got both players. Yep. They jumped. They jumped the Jets at fifteen and traded with the Patriots to go get Broderick Jones, thinking maybe the Jets might want that tackle. You know, already off the board, you know, Skaransky was off the board. Paris Johnson was off the board. This is the next one. Uh, Darnell Wright was off the board. This was the last one to go. So Pittsburgh jumps in front of uh, the Jets, and they get Broderick Jones, and somehow when they wake up on, you know, Friday morning, Joey Porter Jr. is still there. Mm. And they've got the first pick in the, of the second round, the 32nd pick, pick arguably two first-round picks, and they get Joey Porter Jr. And then they get – you know, the tight end, Darnell Washington, like who who what who would want him, you know, helping a block for Najee Harris? You know, you just like, and they get, you know, Nick Herbig, um, who's going to be a good player for him. Um, you know, and they get Keanu Benton, who they wanted to kind of bolster the interior. It's kind of hard not to look at those two teams and go, man, they got value. They got the players, they, they, you know, you put them with Mike Tomlin, you know they're going to be well coached. Two, you know, just two, two, just two teams. I could go Indianapolis, Houston. There's other teams out there, but those two, right off the top of my head, I really
0: like what they did. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, the Steelers, <laughs> you know, they change general managers, and they still just they don't screw it up, right? I mean, the, the history of this franchise, and and you guys know we love Mike T. I mean, I do, um, and I respect what he's able to do. As they've gone through this transition, and you think there'll be, you know, a fall off, and there just isn't it. And you talk about Omar, Omar taking over, and it's like, man, I don't know if it's like in just in the water, right? Or their philosophy and their convictions, Baldy, to how they want a team build remains the same. And, and I got to tell you, Friday, I'm in the car. We, we finished up my show, and I'm in the car driving. I'm listening to the draft. We yeah. we had talked a little bit. And when the Porter pick happened, just talking about Pittsburgh for a second, I got chills, man. Yeah. That's a cool ass story, right? Yeah. That no dad doubt. and the history with dad. And here's the team that has a chance to, to pick a legacy guy. And, and it's so rare, guys, in the NFL. First of all, you got to be in the right spot to Baldy's point. The timing is the kid there. And it all fell into place. And Baldy, I'm just, I was like, dad is really cool. Cause we watch Joey Porter senior. We know, yeah. right? Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well,
1: um, so here's the thing: is how do they do it? You know, that's a question. You know, here's Omar. Here's Andy Weidel. They're working side by side. So I'm good friends with Andy Weidel, who's there, personnel. So I'm like, so how how involved is my T, Andy? He goes, Baldy. He's in every meeting. Every mm-hmm. meeting. He goes, he doesn't have any hobbies. He doesn't play golf. Like he's got his two kids, both in college. To, he went to the Knicks game with one of his kids and said, I don't know, Columbia or whatever. Um, that's it. He's got his, he's got his, he's got his, his boys. He's got the Steelers. You remember a couple of years ago, people were like, Hey Mike, we, we hear these rumors about you going to college. He's like, oh, yeah, let me just end this right now. I've got the ultimate job. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not listening to anybody. I'm staying here in Pittsburgh. Like he is all in. Now, I'm sure other coaches are do the same thing. I'm not picking Mike T out. But there is that non-losing record for his entire tenure. There has never been a dip. Crazy. You know, they transition from Ben to Pickett, and they got to kind of redo this thing, and they get nine wins. Um, they, they know what they're looking for. They know what they're looking for, and they know the character that's required to walk into that locker room. Knuckleheads aren't going to survive in that locker room with Cam Hayward and some of the guys, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick. Like, I I remember when Minka got traded from the Dolphins to the Steelers, and I did this film session with Minka. And I go, Minka, you know, like Miami didn't really look like they knew what to do with you. They they had you in the nickel, corner, your safety. Pittsburgh trades for you, and five days later, you're starting a free safety for the Steelers. Like, you just look like a Steeler. He goes, I felt like a Steeler of the day. Like, that's where I belong. Wow. You know, like there's Troy Polamalu, there's Minka. I mean, you just see these legacies. You know, there's T.J. Watt, there's Joey Porter. Like there's, there's just these legacy positions. And so, they 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 really have a. I think they got a leg up because of just the. You walked in the building, there's all the trophies right there, and 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 then there's Mike T right there, and he's in every meeting, and um, so they they draft Steelers is what they do
0: they do baldy let's talk about the rookies that have an opportunity to make an impact on day one obviously the quarterbacks because if if you're going to play from day one you're going to obviously have an opportunity to make an impact but i also think some of these defensive players right that, that were taken at the top of the draft that are going to be thrown in that you expect production from i'm always very careful about Over exaggerating the production of a guy his rookie season just because we know how hard it is in the NFL, and especially like on the defensive side, you know, you get a guy on the edge. I don't expect these guys to come in and have 15 and a half sacks the rookie season. But you you are expected to produce. So from that standpoint, Baldy, who do you think the rookies that have been drafted have an opportunity to make an impact on day one?
1: Well, I just look at a guy like Will Anderson. I mean, we have said it, but you, you know, it's rare you you step on that campus at Alabama you pick a school, you know, Georgia, you know, Oklahoma. And day one, he starts in that conference and he dominates day one. Like he started every single game. Like he's been durable. He's been productive. They ask him to do a lot of different things. He plays inside. He plays outside. Um, I, I think that D'Amico Ryans and Will Anderson are going to be. United at the hip now, CJ Stroud. I mean, he's the quarterback, but like, you know, sometimes a coach, you know, you get attached to a certain player. I just feel like D'Amico's looking at his alma mater, Mm. knows what kind of, you know, players that Nick Saban produces. Has watched Will Anderson. He can't help but notice him. um, 41 straight starts. I just feel like Will has a chance to come in and play at a high level um, right away. Like, I don't know if he's going to get 10 sacks or 12, or I don't know. And I don't think it's going to be all about sacks. I just think it's going to be the how hard he plays. He shows up every week. He's going to be a total pro. All the young guys they drafted last year, Jalen Petrie and, you know, those guys, like, like he's going to be the leader. He's going to be, be the leader in that defense, like day one. And he's got other guys from Alabama, linebackers they drafted. Linebacker Will Harris, they drafted last year. There's a core player, young players. I just think that. They're going to gravitate towards one another and start building something good in Houston.
0: Yeah, I, and I like what what Nick Casario did. I mean, listen, I gave him a lot of crap I have over the last couple of seasons, but I really like Baldy their off season, and I like I'm talking about their free agent acquisitions, and I really like what they did in this draft. I totally agree with you um, about Will Anderson. I know you you looked at I don't know everybody. G- give me a give me a sleeper. Give me a team that got a guy, and and whether we know him or not or whether we're paying as much attention to him as much as we should, do you have a sleeper in this draft where you went, that's a really good damn player, and he's going somewhere on that particular team that ended up drafting? him. Well,
1: I could say, like, Buffalo lost to Cincinnati in a playoff game last year badly, 27-10. Buffalo was never in the game. They got whipped on both sides of the ball in that game. It's just a fact. Now, everybody just, uh Josh Allen didn't play good. Where was Stefan Diggs? Slam is, they didn't play well up front on either side. So, Buffalo went and they drafted Osiris Torrance, you know, out of, out of Florida. And they needed, a, they needed an impactful. Now, they got him in the late second round. But that guy is 340 pounds. He's a wide body that moves bodies. Like, I just think Buffalo, you know, they started off a couple of years ago, and they were strictly airy. Four wide yep. receivers, put the ball in Josh Allen's hands, nobody's there, let him go run. Well, Josh Allen's saying, like, my body is not going to survive 10 yeah. or 12 years doing this. Yeah. It's fun, and I can hurdle people and slam into pe- – like, they need to find a different way of winning games, Carl, because it's not working in the postseason. And so you got to get bigger, tougher, more physical up front. I believe Osiris Torrance is a guy – that can make – these not a sexy pick. Um, I always, you know, joke that guards are people too. Like, I just feel like that guy can make an impact, whether they want to run the ball better or protect better. Like, that guy, to me, is an impactful player right now for the Buffalo Bills in in the way that they have to almost change the way that they play football mm. um, going forward. And so I think that that's a guy right there. I think that, you know, I mentioned Nick Herbig. Like Nick Herbig had 20 sacks at Wisconsin. His brother is playing for the Steelers now. This kid's out of Hawaii. Like I know Nick, like I've worked out with them. Like this guy, this, what you want to know about these guys, Carl, why I believe in them. Like sometimes you have to know the guy personally. Sure. Like, I just know how important the game of football is. You can see when he got drafted, he was in Arizona with his family and f- friends and not like he broke down. He got the call from Mike T and all we wanted was a chance, but he's going to be, like, sometimes I tell people, like, look, you want linebackers? Go to freaking Madison, Wisconsin. Like, they're everywhere in the NFL. Yeah, TJ's yeah, there. No, but, like, Wisconsin, they they cross-train these guys. They play them inside. They play them outside. They play them off the ball, off the edge. The way that they train guys at Wisconsin, there's a reason why it's like the new linebacker You Like, mm. they're everywhere in the league and so I, th- I feel like nick herbig is a guy um he's got all the traits like maybe he's not long enough like i hear all these measurables and it like enough with it just give me f- guys that love the game they'll figure it out and i feel like nick is that kind of guy
0: uh it's a great point um you know we talk about wins and losses as far as in the draft it's guys it's way too early we're just talking about yes guys that we feel like again are going to project and potentially really help their teams as far as who won and lost in this draft, you know, for, for, for Baldy and I, we, we have the same opinions about this. We got to wait to see how these guys play, how these teams play, but just what we know about these players, it, it, it means a lot to talk about situations. And some guys went into a great situation. Baldy's talking about it. Other guys, their situations may not be as good. And therefore their production may not be what we expect it to be.